So good things happen. Let me just say this to you, and we're going to jump into the message this morning. As you heard last week, and I hope you're going to hear a lot of over the next few weeks, prayer and fasting is not about receiving. Prayer and fasting is about releasing. Prayer and fasting is not about receiving what God has because God's already given you everything you need through Christ Jesus. Can I get an amen? Prayer and fasting is about releasing what God has already deposited in you through the person and the power of the Holy Spirit. And through the Holy Spirit's presence in your life, God wants to release every good thing that you need. His presence, His power, His peace, His provision, and everything that you can even ask or imagine. God has already made available to me and you. And so as we pray and as we fast, we're not focused on what we can get from God because we're not trying to receive anything. We're really focused on releasing the things that God God has already made available to us through Jesus Christ and through the Holy Spirit. Okay? You guys good with that? All right. All three of you are good with that. Anybody else good with that? Y'all good? Y'all got to talk back to me. Help me a little bit today, okay? All right. Acts chapter 1. Verse 8 is our memory verse, but we're going to look at verse 4 and start right there. The Bible says, Acts 1 verse 8, and being assembled, Acts 1 verse 4, excuse me, and being assembled together with them, Jesus commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem. But to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the season which the Father has put in his own authority, but you will receive power. Y'all say that with me. But you will receive power. Let's say it one more time. But you will You guys sound good. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, out through, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So look at that first point. So Jesus said that we would be baptized with the Holy Spirit, which he calls the promise of the Father. Jesus said, you will be baptized. John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit, which is the promise of the Father. So I want you to think about this. Look at the next part of this statement here on the screen. God the Father, think about it, sent Jesus the Son to redeem us from sin and Satan. God the Father sent Jesus the Son to redeem us from sin and Satan. And then Jesus the Son sent the Holy Spirit to empower us. God the Father sent Jesus to redeem us. God the Son sent the Holy Spirit to empower us. And then that last statement simply says this, and God the Holy Spirit sends us. God the Father sent Jesus in order to redeem us and purchase us, literally buy us back out of the hand of enemy, out of the hand of the enemy, to redeem us from the power of sin and Satan so that we could walk in the victory and power and dominion of Jesus Christ, so we could be reconciled and restored to a right relationship with God the Father. God the Father sent Jesus to redeem us. Jesus in John 14 and John 16 says, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit, and when the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to bring to remembrance everything that I told you. When the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to lead you and guide you into all truth. When the Holy Spirit comes, he's going going to empower you and enable you to live the life I've called you to live. When the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to give you every good thing that the Father has given to me because all things belong to me and he's going to give them to you. I want you to think about it like this. The Holy Spirit is heaven's UPS man. Think about it like this. God orders it. Jesus paid for it. And the Holy Spirit delivers it. God ordered it. It's his will. It's his purpose. It's his plan. 
Jesus paid for it through his own blood. And the Holy Spirit delivers it. Everything you've ever received from the Father that was purchased by the Son was ministered to you by the person of the Holy Spirit. How many know God the Father's in heaven? Anybody know that? How many know Jesus Christ is in heaven? Jesus said he would ascend to the right hand of God the Father where he would forever live to intercede for me and you. So guess who's on earth? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God's UPS man. God orders it. Jesus paid for it. And the Holy Spirit delivers it into our lives. It is through the person and the power of the Holy Spirit that everything that we receive from God that was purchased by Jesus Christ is made available to us. Everything that we receive from God that was ordered by the Father, purchased by the Son, is made available to us through the Holy Spirit. And we're able to receive and then not only receive, we're able to minister the very things of God to other people because we have been empowered by the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. So I want to talk to you about three ways, biblical ways, three ways biblically I believe the Holy Spirit empowers our lives. Look at that next point. The Holy Spirit empowers us to walk out our redemption. He empowers us to walk in victory over the world, our flesh, and the devil. The Holy Spirit empowers us to walk out our redemption. What Jesus purchased, the Holy Spirit empowers us to walk it out. I'm just going to tell you something today. I believe my purpose in life from God is really this, to equip and empower Christians to live victorious lives. Because when Christians start living victorious lives, you know what happens? Souls start getting saved. Disciples start getting made. Sick people start getting healed. Bound people start finding freedom. And all of a sudden, the world begins to experience the glory and the power of God. The thing that grieves me, the thing that grieves my heart and keeps me awake at night is how many Christians are still living defeated lives. They've been redeemed, but they're not walking in redemption. They've been set free, but they're not walking in freedom. They have been liberated, but they're not walking in the liberty and the power of Jesus Christ. Why? Because without the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, you can accept the gift of redemption, but you'll never fully walk it out. And we see it every day. We see so many Christians, they're born again, they're saved. There's no doubt Jesus is the Lord of their life. And they're still bound by sin. They're still bound by the devil. And they're still bound by their own flesh. Instead of walking in victory and freedom, they're living in bondage and shame and condemnation. That is not from God, by the way, but from the enemy who wants to condemn people and leave us in a place of bondage away from the purpose and plan of God. And we need the baptism of the Holy Spirit because we need power. We need power to walk out our redemption. Think about it like this. The world wants to conform us into its image. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, the Bible says this, Don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The world is constantly trying to conform us into its image, into its mold. We got way too many Christians that look like the world, talk like the world, and live like the world. They're saved, born again, going to heaven, and Jesus is Lord of their life. They just don't live very different than the world lives. I heard an old preacher years ago make this statement. He said, a difference that makes no difference is really no difference at all. <laughs> you got to be on your Q's and P's and Q's to get that one, right? A difference that makes no difference is really no difference at all. We have way too many Christians 
who are still living in bondage to this world. They are conformed to the image and likeness of this world. How many know Jesus said we're supposed to be in the world, but we're not supposed to be of the world? I don't do business the way the world does business. I don't do marriage the way the world does marriage. I don't do parenting the way the world does parenting. I don't manage money the way the world manages money. I don't pursue success the way the world pursues success. I don't define greatness the way the world defines greatness. I don't live my life the way the world lives its life. Why? Because we have been called to a whole new standard, the kingdom of God. And it is only through the power of the Holy Spirit that we can break out of conformity and step into the transformational power of God to begin to renew our minds by the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit, think about that, that brings revelation, knowledge, and understanding into our hearts and our minds so we can begin to see what we've never seen, begin to hear what we've never heard, and begin to live like we've never lived. The truth is, every breakthrough you've ever had in your life was connected to a revelation that you received from God. Think about that for a second. Every breakthrough you've ever had in your life was connected to a revelation that you received from God. All of a sudden you saw something and you heard something and you received something that you had never experienced before and it changed your life. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit breaks us out of conformity and brings us, brings us into the transformational power of God to change the way we think and literally change our lives. The world wants to conform us. It's no doubt the devil wants to destroy us. Right? I don't know if you know this, but let me just give you a ding, 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 ding. We are at war. <laughs> we are at war. You are in a spiritual battle. And if you are not filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, guess what will happen? The devil will beat your brains out. Right? I see it all the time. You do too. We've all been there, done that, probably got the t-shirt. If you are not walking in the power of the Holy Spirit, the devil will beat you up. I talk to people all the time. They say stuff like this, Pastor Keith, I'm just so overwhelmed. I'm just so overwhelmed. I'm just so overwhelmed. I'm just so overwhelmed. That's because you're at war. You're at war. You are overwhelmed because you are in a spiritual battle. And Satan doesn't fight fair. Satan doesn't play fair. Satan looks for the weakest moments in your life to attack you and come against you. And without the baptism and empowering of the Holy Spirit, you'll lose. You won't lose your soul, but you'll lose the battle. You won't lose your soul, but you'll lose the day. You'll lose the moment. You'll lose the opportunity. You'll lose the potential that was wrapped up in that moment that God intended to give you. And it's through the power of the Holy Spirit that we have victory over the world, the flesh, and the devil. Come on, somebody. The Holy Spirit empowers us to walk in victory over the world. He empowers us to walk in victory over the enemy. He empowers us to walk in victory over our flesh. This might be the biggest battle. Come on, somebody. This might be the biggest battle. You want to know why prayer and fasting is so important? Nick was talking about it. It's so important because we have to recognize that our bodies, I said it last week, our bodies are wonderful servants. They're horrible masters. And if you're mastered by your flesh, if you're mastered by your appetites, if you're mastered by the lust of your eye and the pride of life and the lust of your flesh, you will die. Romans 8 says that if you live according to the flesh, you'll die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. 
if by the Spirit we put to death the deeds of the body. Crucifying your flesh is a wonderful way to live your life. Paul said this, I die daily. I die daily. And we talked about last week the importance of living that fasted lifestyle. Let me tell you the only way you can successfully fast through the power of the Holy Spirit. Because if not, you're going to eat everything. I'm just telling you, I've blown enough fast, right, to tell you you're going to eat everything. Pastor Ian last Sunday made a great statement. He said, when you define your fast, make sure you clearly define it so you don't give yourself any loopholes. Because, boy, if you give yourself a loophole, you say, well, I'm not going to eat this. And all of a sudden, you don't really clearly define it. And you're thinking, well, maybe if I ate it like this. Maybe if I took the bun off of it. Maybe if I didn't cook it all the way. Maybe if I blended it in the blender and drunk it through a straw. I mean, your flesh, your belly. Let's just talk. Your belly, my belly. Man, this thing. It will rule you. Let me just say this to you today. We fast in the flesh so we can feast in the Spirit. We fast in the flesh so we can feast in the Spirit. And without the power of the Holy Spirit, you will lose the battle to your flesh. And not only will you lose it, then the devil will condemn you. See, the devil will tempt you to do something, and then when you do it, he'll condemn you for doing the very thing he tempted you to do. Right? Don't eat that when you eat it. He'll say, oh, I can't believe you can call yourself a Christian. Right? It works with food. It works with pornography. It, looks, it works with lust. It works with greed. It works with envy. He'll tempt you to do something the moment you do the thing he tempted you to do. Then he turns right around and condemns you for doing the very thing he told you you had to do or needed to do or you couldn't get through one more day. God wants to free us from that. It is through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It is through the empowerment when what God has put in us comes upon us. We have authority and power and dominion over our flesh. The fruit of the Spirit is self-control. I can say no to me and actually have a smile on my face and enjoy it. Because there's joy in Jesus. Come on, somebody. So the Holy Spirit empowers us to walk out our redemption. Look at that next point. The Holy Spirit empowers us to be witnesses for Jesus Christ, declaring and demonstrating the redemptive work of Jesus in the lives of other people. Salvation, transformation, deliverance, healing, signs, wonders, and miracles. The Holy Spirit empowers us. Acts 1-8, right? Our memory verse for the week. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. Let me give you a twofold element of what it means to be a witness. Number one is declaration, and number two is demonstration. We need to declare the message of the gospel. We need boldness to preach Jesus. We need boldness to preach the truth. We need boldness to speak up on our jobs, in our communities, and in our world. We need the boldness that comes through the empowering of the Holy Spirit. This is what I know about us as Christians. Unfortunately, if we're not careful, we'll talk about everything with the world except the only thing that matters. We'll talk about everything except the only thing that matters. We'll talk about everything except the only thing that could change their life. We'll talk about everything except the one thing that they need more than anything, and that is the truth of Jesus Christ that sets them free. Somebody says, well, Pastor Keith, you know we just got to love people. You're right, we got to love people enough to tell them the truth. 
Jesus did not say, you shall know love and love will set you free. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Without truth, there is no love. Without truth, there is no freedom. Without truth, there is no liberty from the bondages and schemes and snares of the enemy. We said it a while ago. Every one of us, every breakthrough we ever got came from a revelation of truth. Every breakthrough we ever got came from a revelation of truth as God revealed himself and his truth to us. And it changed our lives. We need Holy Ghost boldness. I'm just going to tell you. I love the scripture in the book of Acts. Kelly and I are reading through the book of Acts right now. And I love the scripture in the book of Acts where the disciples were, were punished and whipped for preaching the gospel. And they went back to the church and they told them what happened. And you know what they did? They prayed, God, give us boldness to preach the gospel. And the Bible says, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And God gave them boldness to preach the word. I don't believe we need to be arrogant. I don't think we have to be weird or goofy. But I do think we have to be bold. Let me just say, some of the, most, some of the greatest witnesses that I know in the secular world some are, are, are some of the most successful businessmen and women I've ever met. And they're not weird and they're not goofy, but they are bold. They're not weird and they're not goofy. They're not religious. They're not toting their Bible and setting up a little pulpit at work so they can preach to everybody. But they're just speaking truth. They're declaring Jesus. They're declaring truth into their world. Because what the world needs is truth to set them free. And Holy Ghost boldness comes from the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And without the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, you'll be timid and shy. And you'll talk about football and weather and politics. And you'll never talk about Jesus. We need the Holy Ghost power to boldly declare the truth. We also need Holy Ghost power to not only declare but demonstrate His power. The Apostle Paul said, I didn't come to you with persuasive words of man's wisdom, but in the power and might of the Holy Spirit, so that your faith would not be in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. See, we have been empowered by the Holy Spirit to do what Jesus did. Come on, somebody. Look with me in Matthew chapter 10. I want you to see this. Matthew chapter 10, the Bible says this. These 12 Jesus sent out and commanded them, saying, look what he's told them to do. As you go preach, right, proclaim, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Then look what he says in the next verse. So preach the gospel. Declare the gospel. Declare the kingdom of God is at hand. And then he says in the very next verse, and heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you've received, so freely give. We not only need a declaration of the gospel, we need a demonstration of the power of God to heal, to save, to transform, and to set people free. Come on, somebody. How many know God's a healer? God's a deliverer. God's a redeemer. And we have been empowered to not just declare, but demonstrate his power. But guess what? If you don't pray for sick people, they don't get healed. If you don't try to cast out demons, they never come out. If you don't take authority over the things of darkness, you're never going to see the power of God manifested. If you don't freely give to others what God has freely given to you, then nothing ever changes. 
And as I've been reading through the book of Acts, I've recognized something. I've recognized that there were times that the declaration of the gospel brought in the demonstration of the power of God. But then I also recognized there were other times where the demonstration of the power of God opened the door for the declaration of the gospel. And when the sick man got healed, they all said, hey, how did he get healed? Peter said, hey, it was Jesus. And all of a sudden, we recognize that you and I are empowered We're empowered not just to declare, but to demonstrate the redemptive power of Jesus Christ. You are anointed with the Holy Ghost in power to lay hands on the sick and they recover, to speak and set the captives free. You are anointed to do that. But if you don't step out in faith, it'll never happen. If you don't believe that you are who God says you are, if you don't allow the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, what God's put in you to come upon you, then you'll live your entire Christian life as a maybe a proclaimer, but never a demonstrator. I want to be a demonstrator of the gospel. Just last Sunday, I had a gentleman come up to me after church. He said, Pastor Keith, do you remember a few weeks ago, you had had people to stand up that needed healing in their body? And I said, yes. He said, well, I was one of those people. He said, and you told us if we got healed, we needed to testify to somebody. He said, so I want to come to you today and tell you that I got healed. I've been healed of sleep apnea. I'm totally off my CPAP machine. I'm sleeping. I'm breathing. I'm totally healed. And I just wanted to testify the power of God. That's a demonstration of power. December 29th, this is just really close to my heart. December 29th, we had our fourth grandson, little Titus, was born. Glad to have John Wesley back with us today. And um, that morning before he was born on that Thursday night, little Jude had to, John Wesley had to take him to the doctor. He was diagnosed with RSV. And so he came to to, uh, Papa and Grandma's house and hung out with us so baby Titus will be safe while he was being born. And so we got to take care of him. And he went to bed Thursday night. And Friday morning when he got up, I went in there and got him. I took him and brought him in the living room. We were sitting in my little, my little recliner in my rocking chair. And I was sitting there, and he was just totally lethargic. And I was sitting there watching him. His little chest was going in and out as he was breathing. And John Wesley had told us, the doctor said, hey, if, he, if you can see his chest going in and out while he's breathing, you need to take him to the emergency room. So I'm sitting there watching him. And he's breathing. His little chest is going in and out. His little chest is going in and out. And I think, well, I need to, I need to let Kelly. She was in another room. I need to let Kelly know. And we're going to have to call John Wesley and Samantha. And we're going to have to take him to the emergency room. And then the Lord said, well, why don't you pray over him? It's <laughs> a good idea. So I just laid my little hand on his little chest. And I, I just rebuked RSV. And I commanded the life of God to fill his lungs and fill his breath. God, I, th- I said, Lord, I just thank you that the same as you breathed in Adam and he became a living soul, I pray you breathe in Jude and fill his life with his, his lungs with life. And I prayed over him. Literally five minutes later, he's sitting there. He just raises up. He jumps on the floor and he's totally healed. He's totally fine. <laughs> Literally five minutes later. That didn't happen because I'm the pastor of Liberty Church. That happened because you and I have been anointed with the Holy Ghost and power. We have power to declare and we have power to demonstrate God's authority on all the earth. Well, Pastor Keith, what if he wouldn't have got healed? I took him to the doctor, praise God. Amen? But he did get healed. So we didn't have to go to the doctor and I was thankful for that. Look at that next point. The Holy Spirit not only empowers us to walk out our redemption, not only does he empower us to be a witness to declare and demonstrate the power of God, the Holy Spirit empowers us to go into all the world and make disciples. We're going to read Matthew 28 in just a minute. And that phrase literally, go into all the world, make disciples, that phrase literally means as we go, make disciples. 
As we go, as you go home today, make disciples. As you go to work tomorrow, make disciples. As you go to school, make disciples. As you go to Walmart, make disciples. As you go shopping, make disciples. As you go on vacation, make disciples. As you go, make disciples. Hear me today. Evangelism and discipleship is not an event that we go to. We don't go on the mission field and do evangelism. We don't go on an outreach day and do outreach or evangelism. No, as we go, we are empowered by the Holy Spirit to go. And as we go home, as we go to work, as we go out to eat, as we go, make disciples. And I want you to see this. The Holy Spirit empowers us. The Holy Spirit empowers us to empower and equip others to go into all the world. And let me give you a quick definition. We're going to read Matthew 20. I want to give you a quick definition of the difference between a believer and a disciple. Believers accept what Jesus did for them. Disciples share with others what Jesus did for them. There's a lot of believers in the church today. A lot of people are really excited about accepting what Jesus did for them. But how many of you know it's not believers, it's really disciples that change the world? It's people that accept what Jesus did for them and then share what Jesus did for them with other people. They recognize that they are empowered to empower. They are equipped to equip. They are enabled to enable. They are set free to bring freedom. They are healed to be healers. They are saved to bring salvation. They are delivered to bring deliverance. That what you've received from God, you can freely give to others. Think about that. All the junk God set you free from has set you up to bring that same freedom to other people. You are empowered to pass that on. You are empowered to pass that on to somebody else. Don't hold on to it. Don't just be a believer that believes. Be a disciple that shares and gives and empowers other people to experience who Jesus Christ is. Matthew 28, it's called the Great Commission. Jesus came. He's been crucified and resurrected. And he came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go. Therefore, as you go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. As you go, make disciples. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, Jesus said. Now you go. I'm empowering you to go. We are empowered by the Holy Spirit to go and make disciples. I want you to look with me in 1 Timothy chapter 4, and then we're going to read 2 Timothy chapter 1. I want you to see this. The Apostle Paul says this to Timothy, 1 Timothy 4. Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy, with the laying on of the hands of the eldership. And in 2 Timothy 1, 6, the Bible says this, Therefore I remind you, Timothy, to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. I want you to see something. The Apostle Paul acknowledges something. Two things specifically he acknowledges in these verses. Number one, he acknowledges the power of prophecy to impart the gifts of God in the lives of other people. See, when we prophesy, prophecy is an empowerment of believers. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 says, He who prophesies speaks edification, exhortion, and comfort. When you prophesy, you edify, you strengthen, you exhort, you build up, and you bring comfort. Prophecy is not calling people out on how bad they are. 
prophecy is edification, exhortion, and comfort. Prophecy is an impartation that empowers people to rise up and be who God has called them to be. And the Apostle Paul says, hey guys, guess what? Timothy, I just want to remind you that through prophecy, there was an impartation of the gift. Don't neglect the gift of God that's in you by prophecy. And I want you to understand, if you're a born-again believer filled with the Holy Spirit, you can prophesy. You can encourage, you can exhort, and you can comfort, right? Because if you can hear from God, you can speak for God. If you can hear, you can speak. And that's all prophecy is. Prophecy is hearing what God is saying and saying what God is saying. And when you do that, it is prophecy. And it encourages, it exhorts, and it comforts. If it doesn't encourage, exhort, and comfort, then keep your mouth quiet. All right? Every third Sunday, we have our four corners of prayer. We have typically our prophecy corner over here to the left. And every week, people line up to get a word from the Lord. And you know what happens every week? Every week, people are being empowered. Every time you get a word from God, you're being empowered by the Holy Spirit. You're being empowered. There's an impartation of gifts, and there's an empowerment by the Holy Spirit. There's literally a spiritual transfer that happens, not person to person, spirit to spirit. Let me tell you something. You don't want what I got, but you want everything he's got. (laughs) I messed up and jacked up just like you, I promise you, okay? We all need Jesus. You don't want what Keith's got. You want what Jesus has got. And there's a Spirit of God on the inside of me that has something you need. And the Spirit of God on the inside of you wants to give me some things. And we can minister to one another. And by empowering each other through prophecy... By speaking exhaustion, encouragement, and comfort, we are literally making disciples. Do you know how many of you in this room have felt like the Lord gave you a word of encouragement for somebody and you just sat on it and said nothing? You know how many times you felt impressed the Lord to text somebody a scripture or a word or a prayer and you just did nothing? You know what that is? That is the empowerment of the Holy Spirit wanting to use you to make disciples. Go and make disciples. Send the word. Send the text message. Speak the truth. Because there's power in that. You are empowered to do that. We're the church. And we need the empowerment that comes from God. And part of that empowerment that God releases is under the prophetic ministry of the Holy Spirit as he speaks into our lives. Let me ask a question today. How many of you have ever got a word from God that changed your life? Anybody? Man, I have. I got a lot of weird words too. Anybody ever got a weird word? I just put them on the shelf. I'm like, come on, Jesus. That was weird. Hey, you know what? I'll take a weird word every now and then. You know why? Because I've got to be, if I'm full of the Holy Ghost, I can discern what's God and I can discern what's not. And we all got flesh and we all miss it. That's okay. But just because we all have flesh and we all sometimes miss it doesn't mean we should neglect the gift of God that is within us. And through prophecy, God imparts those things in our lives. The second thing he acknowledges here is not only prophecy, but he says through the laying on of hands of eldership, he acknowledges spiritual authority. The Apostle Paul acknowledges that there is an impartation and an empowerment that comes from spiritual authority that we all have access to. Spiritual authority doesn't mean you're just the pastor of the church so you have spiritual authority. No, every person in this room has authority. How many parents in the room? You got authority, right? You've got authority over your house, over your children. How many of you have a job and a paycheck? 
you got authority over your money. You've got authority. How many of you work with lost people? You got authority over the darkness. You have authority. And here's what we know about authority. Let me say it like this, and I'm going to explain it to you. And you're going to grab it. You're going to say, Pastor Keith, this is the simplest thing I've ever heard. Because you have authority, you can release authority. Because you have power, you can release power. Now, let me give it to you in a natural way you'll understand it. How many of you know that on your job, the people that are in authority over you, your manager, maybe your boss, maybe the manager, maybe the supervisor, the people in the natural, we're not talking about spiritual at all right here, in the natural, the people that are in authority over you have the ability to empower you. Now think about that. The people in authority over you have the ability to empower you. Why? Because they're in authority. They can give you a raise. They can give you a promotion. They can demote you. They can fire you. <laughs> but they can also elevate you. You know why? Because they're in authority. Because they have authority over you, they have the power, they have the ability to empower you. As a Christian filled with Holy Ghost power, you have authority. You have spiritual authority in the realms of all of our lives, and we have spiritual authority over the works of darkness. And because we have authority, we can empower people. And let me just tell you this this is so huge. The strength and impact of a church is not determined by its seating capacity. It's determined by our sending capacity. It's how many people walk out of here and go and make disciples that determines the strength and life of Liberty Church. It's not how many people we can get in the seat. It's how many people from the seat we can send to the street. And as you go home, and as you go to work, and as you go to the store, and as you go to school, that you would make disciples, that you would empower people to follow Jesus. You have authority, so you have power. And I don't know if you've ever thought about it like that, but I hope there's a shift in our thinking that you recognize that because you have authority in Christ, you have the power to empower other people. As parents, we can empower our children to walk in the things of God. As husband and wives, we can empower our spouses to walk in the things of the Lord. As, as employers and employees, we can empower the people around us to walk in the things of God. But if you don't recognize that and embrace that, then you'll never walk in it. Amen? So the Holy Spirit empowers us to empower and equip others that can go. Last point, here it is. The Holy Spirit in you. The Holy Spirit in you seals you for the day of salvation. But when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, that's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. When what God's put in you comes upon you, you shall receive power. And prayer and fasting, prayer and fasting release what is within you and empowers you to do what God has sent you to do. We said at the very beginning, our first point, God the Father sent the Son, God the Son sent the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit sends me and you. You're sent by God. You're sent by God. And the impact of this church and the gospel of Jesus Christ is not determined by our seating capacity. I don't think we can ever build a building big enough to hold the people God's going to bring. But the size of our building will be determined by the power of our sending. The size of our building will be determined by the power of our sending. 
And as we send people, as we go and walk in our redemptive power, as we go and be a witness declaring and demonstrating the power of God, as we go and make disciples empowering other people to do what God has called them to do, it changes the world because you're a world changer. The Holy Spirit in you. I want to read Ephesians chapter 1 to you. Because maybe you're here today and maybe you don't know Jesus. Maybe you've never been saved. Maybe you're watching online and you're not born again and you don't know Christ as your Savior. Or maybe you are a believer and you're realizing, man, Pastor Keith, I maybe want to take a shift. I want to step from being just a believer. I want to be a disciple. I want to be empowered to make a difference in other people's lives. Ephesians 1, 13 and 14 says this, In him, speaking of Christ, you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our, in, our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. The Bible says when you believed in Christ, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit. You were sealed with the Holy Spirit. But in Acts chapter 1, Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, when what I've put in you comes upon you, you shall receive power. Power to walk out your redemption. Power to be a witness for Christ. Power to make disciples of all nations. You shall receive power. And I want to do this today. I want our prayer teams to come. I want us just to bow our heads this morning. We're going to go into a final song of worship in just a minute, and we're going to open the altar up. And if you're here today and you say, you know what, Pastor Keith, I just need power. I need power in my life. I need the power of God to be a witness. I need the power of God to walk in victory. Maybe there's an area in your life you realize you're not really walking in the victory that Jesus purchased for you. Today is a day for you to receive power. Maybe you realize today, Pastor Keith, I'm not really being a witness. There's no declaration and there's no demonstration of what God wants to do in people's lives. And today I want to receive his power. Maybe you realize today, Pastor Keith, I, I'm not making disciples. I'm a believer, but I want to be a disciple. And I want power. I want power. I don't want to just receive what God's given to me. I want to share what God's given me with other people. And we're going to open the altar up in just a minute and give you an opportunity to come for that. But before we do that, with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're here this morning, or you're watching online and you say, Pastor Keith, I'm not saved. I've never been filled with the Holy Spirit. I've never been sealed with the Holy Spirit. I, I'm kind of on the outside looking in, but I don't want to stay there. Man, you've been preaching this morning and God's been speaking to my heart. And I know that I know that I know that Jesus is Lord. And I want to make him the Lord of my life today. I'm willing to repent of my sins. And I'm willing to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. And I want to follow him. I want to be born again. I want to be sealed and filled with the Holy Spirit. And I want to begin to live the life God's called me to live. If that's you, every head bowed, every eye closed, I want you just to raise your hand. Pastor Keith, today I want to be born again. I want to be sealed and I ultimately want to be filled with God's power. But I want to know Jesus today as my Lord and Savior. I know that I'm not a Christian. I know that Jesus is not really the Lord of my life. And I'm not saying you're not a good person, and I'm not saying you don't do good things. I'm just saying that apart from Christ, the Bible says, our righteousness is as filthy rags. And the truth is, is that one day, each and every one of us is going to stand before God. 
And one day he's either going to be our Lord and Savior that welcomes us into his kingdom or he's going to be our judge and jury who sentences us to a place called hell where we're separated from him. And Jesus died not to condemn us but to save us. But you have to make a decision today. So if you're here today and you say, Pastor Keith, I want to accept Christ, just raise your hand high. Our ushers are going to come. They're going to slip a little packet in your hand. We want, to, we want to help you take that next step. But if that's you, just raise your hand. And we're going to pray with you right now. If you're watching online, you can pray this prayer with us today. Let's pray it all together. I'm going to ask everybody in the room to say it out loud with me. And if you raise your hand, this is specifically for you. Let's pray this prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins. Rose again on the third day. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart and my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. I want to be born again. I want to be sealed and filled with your Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Let's stand to our feet right now. We're going to go into this last song of worship, and this is your opportunity. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Keith, man, I need that power, we want to pray with you. If you say, Pastor Keith, you know what, I, I've, I've been sealed with the Holy Spirit, but I don't know that I've ever been baptized with the Spirit, and I just, I realize I'm lacking some things. I, I want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I want to be filled with God's presence. I want to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. You come right now. We just want to pray over you. And we want to minister to you today because God wants to baptize you in His Spirit today. Amen? So this is your time as we worship Him. Nothing or more than 
God is what our hearts long. 